Lead and empower her with Dr. Julie Ducharme, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Lead and empower her with Dr. Julie Ducharme is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Dr. Julie Ducharme. Hi, welcome to She CEO Talks. I'm Dr. Julie Ducharme back for another episode. And I'm so excited because I get to talk with women around the world, rocking it in women leadership positions and giving us advice, talking about how their unique feminist qualities help change the workplace and just an overall great conversation. So today I'm having Nicole D'Ambrogi in our show. She's a motivational speaker, award-winning attorney and author who values family service and sacrifice. As a veteran of the US Navy enlisted ranks, caregiver to a combat about wounded disabled veteran and a mother of two small children, Nicole brings a unique perspective of perseverance and sheer grit to achieve personal goal. Using real world examples, Nicole brings awareness to issues facing modern women in the workplace and inspires women to embrace their goals and pursue their passions, which is exactly what we're talking about today, Nicole. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for having me. I'm incredibly honored to be invited on and I am really jazzed to have this conversation. So I'm I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, like I tell my students at the law school, if you walk away from my class with one nugget, I did my job. If you walk away with two nuggets, I excelled. And if you walk away with three or more, I just knocked it out of the park. So hopefully <laughs> the listeners will um, walk away with a nugget or two. That's, and I'm sure they will. And so you guys know, Nicole and I met through, I think women's veteran Alliance through Melissa, was it Melissa Washington? Mm -hmm. And Nicole came out to Houston and gave a, gave a fantastic talk at our, she talks in Houston. She's now going to be coming to our women gone wild. She talks on June 17th in Huntington. And she's going to be on stage uh, doing one of our panels with some really, I mean, all amazing women veterans. We have uh, Dr. Kameen Samuels, the first African-American female combat pilot. We have a possible female astronaut Marine. I'm not allowed to give her name out yet because the federal government is very restrictive, but it's possible. <laughs> so that's all we can say. Uh, we'll have Dr. Karen Walker, which you've met. She's a fellow uh, veteran as well as um, with, as I mentioned. And then I think that's you three. Oh, and then Grace Green, who's um, a helicopter pilot that did three tours. So I'm really excited because it's a really wide variety of women from all different ranks in the military. And we'll talk a little bit too about that because you talked about the difference between enlisted and officers. And I like to just talk about that stuff because I think that's really interesting. But let's go back a little bit because our listeners don't know you. We know that you're a veteran. We know that you're a lawyer and there's a story in there. So, and I know we could talk for three hours just on your story. So me asking you to summarize it is going to be hard, but could you give us a, a, a vision into how did you get in the military? How did you decide to become a lawyer? And how did that kind of that, that story start? I know I, there's a movie in the works and a book in the works. I know there is because we've talked and I get goosebumps when you tell me this story. So I'm going to let you let our listener, let our listeners learn about you. Well, Julie, I mean, it's so interesting that you um, asked that question, right? Like, how did I get to the lawyer part? Um, and so my children and my husband have been displaced from our home because of a massive mold issue. So I'm packing up the house yesterday and I'm going through and I find this box. And in the box is my diary from like the early 1990s. 
And I saw this one entry that was like, I don't think I want to be a judge anymore. <laughs> I'm now going to be a sports agent. And I'm like, I mean, well, if I could go back and tell my eight-year-old self, actually, you do want to be a judge, right? But from my perspective, I'm like, wow, this has not been like just an overnight decision. This has been really a part of me for so, so long. And being an attorney and being on the career path that I'm at, it started when I was young and it started about what interests me. And, um, you know, I had a lot of people tell me early in childhood that you'd make a great lawyer because you like to argue. <laughs> well, no, I make a really great lawyer because I'm an advocate and I stand up for what I believe. And <laughs> I'm fairly certain my dad will never listen to this podcast. But when I was 16, my parents got a divorce and my my um my mom was telling me one thing my dad was telling me a different thing and i didn't know who was telling me the truth i don't know how i knew this but at 16 i drove myself to the courthouse and bought a copy of their divorce settlement <laughs> so that i knew exactly what was happening and then i was able to go back and i was able to say like well no that's actually not what happened and here's the proof so it's not about being argumentative. It's about seeing an injustice and feeling compelled to follow it. So I had this like long idea of wanting to get to the, to the law. There was my end goal. Um, and the military was a stepping stone. So when I was 18, we were at war um, and I was always in and out of the recruiting office toying with this idea of joining the military. So my brother was on active duty in the Marine Corps at the time. And he said, well, before you make a decision, I want you to go and talk to every branch. And I want you to make a very educated and knowledgeable decision. And so that's what I did. I went into every recruiting office and I sat down and I had a conversation and I interviewed them. And so then I made my decision at, to join the Navy so I could serve my country. Um, I could travel the world and I could get an education doing it. But at the time I was, I was not even 30 days into my 18th year of life. Like I turned 18, I joined the Navy. Um, and so I didn't have college behind me. I didn't have any stepping stone. The military was the stepping stone. And that was what propelled me into this. So um, I definitely can keep going. So I will <laughs> stop to give you time to maybe ask another question because you might yeah. just hear a whole lot of my story. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's great to see that because I remember when I was thinking about my aspirations growing up, I wanted to be somehow involved in sports. I wanted to be a CNN reporter, you know, and do all these things. And, and the school I went to, I didn't necessarily go to the right school for that. I didn't educate myself as much. And, and it's come full circle because when I was in the program, I remember thinking, you know, it's like people would say, oh, you'd be good at this, or you have a voice for this or whatever. And, and, you know, years later, it circled back around that I got to do radio shows and these podcasts, and it's been really cool. And so I like hearing about your aspirations at a young age and that you followed them through and that you had to go through obviously some different paths to get there. You know, you went to the military and all that. Um, I want to talk about, if we can for a moment, how you wanting to become a lawyer led you to meet your husband, if that's okay. Cause I think that like, I know it's a, I know it's a big story, but I just love it so much. And so can we like make it, we got to make it a little smaller for time, but how, cause you guys are all going to love this story. You have to tell this story. 
So actually, um, well, I met my husband at the Marine recruiting office back when I was 16, because again, I was wanting to join the military. But I mean, since this is she CEO, I'm going to be totally honest and say, that's where all the hot guys were. So <laughs> I went to the recruiting office and uh, my husband had just gotten out of boot camp and this was late 2002 and like I fell head over heels for that man. And so I followed him through the first two deployments to Iraq. So I was there with him when he was the first invasion into Baghdad and then he was in Ramadi and Fallujah. And so, you know, I remember back in that time, like the Dixie Chicks song about writing this warrior. I really felt like that. And I would always write him and just loved him. But when he came back each time, there was a part of him that did not come back. I mean, he had all of his limbs, but there was a shell of a man that was once standing before me. And I saw that change in real time. So then when I joined the Navy, he went and did another tour to Iraq and his life just took him in a completely different um you know, path. And he married a woman and they had a child. And and then when he got out of uh the military, he hit rock bottom, like completely face planted into society and struggled and he struggled with addictions and he struggled with homelessness and he struggled in and out of the justice system. And this part of his life, I wasn't in, I didn't know him during this. I call it his life vacation. He just walked away from life essentially. And Meanwhile, simultaneously, I'm over here. I'm on active duty. I'm going to school, got my bachelor's degree. Now I'm going to law school. I'm doing what I have to do. And and we're living these parallel lives that are so vastly different. And, you know, again, I was actually last night reading these letters. And there was this time in uh, May of 2014, and I just felt compelled to go find him. And um, I couldn't find him. So I ended up calling his mom, who I had never met, <laughs> by the way, um, because I just needed to know if he was OK. And he was actually incarcerated at the time. And it's so crazy because I was I just read the letters last night. So on March 14th, 2014, he wrote his brother this lengthy letter. And in the letter, he's talking about war. He's talking about PTSD. He's talking about knowing he needs help. He's talking about veterans court. He's talking about everything he was doing to try to get help, the packets, the advocacy, like he was going to be his own advocate to get to veterans court so he could get treatment and turn his life around. I mean, three and four pages where I kept reading that they weren't listening to him. They weren't giving him opportunities that they were just not brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. So the, and then at the end of the letter, he's saying, Hey, can you find this girl from my past? I think she'll be able to help me. Well, his brother never contacted me. So then here I come crazy Nicole in May of 2014 and I write him a letter. And what do you think the letter says? Where are you at? How can I help you? <laughs> no, it says it's been several years since we last talked and I had to get your mom, 
your mom gave me your information. And um, I just want you to know that I knew who you were before war. I saw what happened and I know what can be in your future and that there's help for you. And that California recognizes that veterans have PTSD and then they need treatment over incarceration. And in fact, I've actually received numerous awards for my work with veterans in the justice system. And I go into jails and I advocate because of you because I saw what happened to you. And so if there's anything I can do to help you, there's one veteran I wanna help, it would be you. You are my motivation and inspiration to give back and help others. And so I offer my services to you at no cost. So it's crazy to me to look back and see that this man, this veteran with PTSD is struggling in the justice system and he's just trying everything he can in his power and in his might, but he's running into brick wall and brick wall and brick wall. And then without any prompting or without any knowledge, I write this letter that says, oh, hey, by the way, I'm here to help and I'm free. So it was so powerful and amazing. It's more powerful than I actually remembered the story, but it's just really a testament to, you know, my faith as God. That was a God call. God called me. God called in and sent the exact message he needed. And so we've walked this journey together and he has um, been, he's turned his life around. He's been out and sober for, um, oh my gosh, 11 years, I think now he's, it, like, and he's the most amazing man. And I knew he was a good one from the moment I met him. So I there's my that. true Hollywood. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it's, I, for those of you guys listening, I told Nicole, I mean, there's so much more to this story, but obviously we don't have enough time, but I was like, you have to write a book and then it needs to be a movie because it's, it's an amazing story and you have an amazing heart. You really do. And because not just for your husband, but for so many veterans. And that's, what's really impactful for me is something that I love to hear about women CEOs is right. Like it's not all about the money for us. Like people think, Oh, we're climbing to the top. We just want to get that big salary. It's not about that. I feel like we have such passion about what we do. And yeah, we do need to make money. Of course, <laughs> that's how we exist and live and take care of our families. But you know, you make time out of your schedule, out of your regular legal schedule to, to, to do this. And, and that story is just a testament for what you do. And I'm very hopeful for many of our other women veterans. Now that I know you to be able to, to connect you with them and that legal guidance, because that really is scary. And we talked about how people do take advantage of veterans and the, what they charge them. And so I think this is so important. Now you're obviously a mom of two young kids, uh, veteran, you do all that extra legal work to help people on the side, but you're also running your own firm. And so, um, that takes a lot of effort and a lot of energy. And, and we were talking off mic about, I remember when my kids were little and it was a struggle. And I had a lot of girlfriends that actually said, you should just wait until they get older. Right. And I did a whole, my dissertation was all about this. Why are women not moving into positions? And it wasn't men who were stopping them. It was actually culturally, we take on 90% of the household responsibilities, including raising the kids. And so that was one of the big barriers. So I want to talk about how do you balance? How do you find balance between work and family and doing everything you're doing and being that she CEO, but also being the mom and the wife and the advocate? Oh, that is a great question. Um, <clears throat> you also forgot I'm a professor. <laughs> And a professor. See, I mean, I need to go back here. Like there's such a long list. Like your, your bio. Yeah, so I, um, 
that it broke the website, by the way, I have to tell you, your bio was so long, like on the, she talks website, like it broke. I was like, guys, we got to fix this. Her bio is so long. Like we gotta, <laughs> how do we fix it? So no, it's amazing. But yes, you're a law professor too. So, yes. so I will tell you, yes, it is such a handful. And I, you know, here's the secret. There's no balance. It is the scales are always tipped, but what tips the scales changes with priority in your life. Right. So sometimes my kids and they should always be my top priority, but there are other times that my workload becomes my priority and that gets most of my time and attention. So I wouldn't say that it's like really balanced. It's totally unbalanced. It's just juggling, which is weighing it down. What needs my attention more at times and really, um, and I did this when like I have a home office, it is establishing the work life boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so it's making sure that your personal relationships understand, understand your work boundaries. Like, no, just because I am working from home does not mean that I am available for you or, um, you know, when you're at work, you know, when I was first starting my practice, I got a, a lot of people that would tell me that they were available only after five and on weekends. And so it's establishing that boundary of, well, that's lovely. If you would like to meet with me outside of normal working hours, I can be here at 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm going to be at home to kiss my children. Good night. I am going to be at home because I prioritize family dinner. Um, so that is also being confident enough of yourself to establish boundaries with your relationships in all walks of your life. I love that. And you know what I love is that it's okay to have chaos. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. I like that. You said you don't have to be perfectly balanced. Everything changes. And, and I can completely resonate with this because that I was just telling you today, my day was about my son and his wrist. And everything else had to get put by the wayside. I had to tell everyone else, I'm sorry today, I've got to deal with this. And like you said, we have those moments, but I think as women, and I don't know if you get this, I call it the mom guilt, right? And so when we're working really hard and we like, just, we just got to make this deadline. And it's like, I know, honey, I know you really want to hang out, but you know, I've got to make this deadline because mom's got to pay the bills or I really have to do this. And we have this kind of mom guilt, right? And I don't know if guys get the guilt, but I know I do, um, where I just am thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, like, am I still a good mom because I'm working so hard? Or am I good? Am I good mom? Because it's total chaos. And I have no idea where my kids shoes are right now. I just told the other day, like, here's my funny thing, right? So I make the joke. I'm killing it as a mom. My son went to school with his pants on backwards and with no underwear and I didn't notice it. Right. And so, and he didn't notice it until he went to go use the restroom. And I was like, wow, I'm killing it as a mom. Like I didn't even notice my kids pants were on backwards. Right. But I like that you talk about that. That's okay. We're still great. We're, we're still great women. We're still great CEOs. And probably I think your talent and probably one of mine's is multitasking under pressure, like you said, you know, juggling all the stuff. Um, and I think that's important for women to know we don't have to be perfect. I tried that. I really stink at it. <laughs> and that's the thing. And I wish so, but I think more so than like that, I, like I struggle with the social media pressure. Mm 
-hmm. right? Like this social media pressure that I have to give my toddlers the like Taj Mahal (laughs) birthday party. And if I don't have themed, you know, toilet paper in the bathroom, then I am just completely not making it as a mom. And and I have to like cognitively tell myself that's a lie. Hmm. Like I don't have to keep up with the moms on social media. Like the reality is, is that I don't value these birthday parties as much as I value experiences. So for me, I'm sitting there cursing under my breath at Party City because I just paid $10 for a plastic tablecloth and I'm spending time putting on a party for other people that I don't really care to have a party, Mm -hmm. right? Because that means I have to do the setup, I have to do the party, then I have to do the teardown and that's just too much of my time that I don't. So that's prioritizing. So it's like, well, let's build up experiences and let's be the mom that I want to be. And I'm not a party mom. I'm not like, um, like everybody else, but I will totally talk up the party moms because I envy that. I envy the ability, you know, to take that love and that care. Like I will 100% get lost in the reels about these parents that, put these like bento boxes for a lunch with their kids and the sandwich is cut out in the most elaborate rows. And I'm like, damn girl, like you're amazing. Like I want to be you in another life. I'm just way too busy. Oh, or these moms that like work out all the time and seem like they have it all together. And I'm like, damn girl, like get it, get it double because that's not me. Right. Like just, like the, the thing is, and I talked about this in Houston is we have to lift each other up. And, but at the same time, we have to give ourselves permission to be who we are and to not be in competition with each other. So yeah, I work all the time. I, my husband, like I said, we have a massive mold issue in my house that my kids had, my husband had to get out of the house. And that was a conversation that my husband and I had. And I was like, listen, honey, like the best thing you can do for me is take our sick children out of the house and then don't worry about me because frankly that helps me that Mm -hmm. helps me get my love out of the way and I just zero in and he's like well what are you gonna do when we're gone and I'm like duh I'm gonna work I'm gonna (laughs) work from 4 a.m I'm gonna work till 11 p.m and that is exactly what I'm going to be doing you know it and so it's like yeah I love you but go on, have fun. Mommy's going to get to the bottom of this issue and then y'all can come back. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I love the transparency because it's right, right. We have these, you know, moments. And I, I, I talk about that too, in my book where I talk about, like, I tried really hard to, to have the perfect house and the perfect kids and the perfect parties, because that was like, what, I felt the expectation was, and if I wasn't doing it, I wasn't a good mom. Right. And it's like, if I had to work and, and, and the joke, my husband, I have is I am not a PTA mom. I'm not. And so what I do is I tell the PTA moms, like you said, I fully respect them. I'm like, listen, ladies, you don't want me on your team, but I will give you money for whatever you need. And they're always like, deal. And I'm like, just tell me what you need and I'll get it for you because I appreciate you, but I am not a great PTA mom. I'm also not a great homeschooling mom. When COVID happened, oh my God, that was the roughest three months of our lives. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm totally honest. I'm like, I'm not that mom. But what I like is that you said we can all 
lift each other up because those party moms who can make those perfect sandwiches, by the way, I can't make those either. You know, like that's amazing. And that's what they're good at. Right. And we're good at, and I'm about like you, I'm about experiences. I love taking my kids on trips and making those memories. And the moment my kids were like, I just want to go to Great Wolf Lodge for my birthday. I was like, deal. I'm so in. Right. And so (laughs) I don't have to throw a party. I'm in. You want to go to Disneyland? I'm in Legoland. Let's go. So I love that because I mean, I think that we are so hard on ourselves. I think women are much harder on themselves than typically guys are. And we, we, overanalyze everything. And, and, you know, we're having an off day. We really take it out on ourselves, you know? And, and I love that. So, you know, the other part we talked about in this, cause we're, I, I'm like, I said, we could just talk for three hours, but unfortunately they make me cut it off sooner than that. So, but I want to ask, because we talked about this question too, is if you could go back to your younger self and give your younger self advice, what would it be? Oh, okay. Julie, this is what I would tell myself. Damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. (laughs) That is uh, a Navy term. And pretty much it just says, screw the chaos. Yeah, we might be under fire, but we're going full speed ahead. We're going to go, go. I would tell my younger self, Nicole, there is going to be a lot of people shooting cannons at you throughout your life. Don't let them deter you. Don't let them stop you. Don't let them take you down. You might get knocked down, but get back up. So each fail that you've had, each failure that you've had, embrace it, learn from it, grow from it, strengthen from it. But you are right on the path. Don't let anybody tell you any different. So that is exactly what I would tell myself. And sometimes I still have to tell myself that. (laughs) I I, I (laughs) love it. It is hard. There is really a thing called imposter syndrome and I struggle with it. And I could do a whole thing on that, but absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we all have those moments where that's great advice. We have to keep telling ourselves, right? I always go back and think about what I would tell myself. And I, and I would tell myself, just keep going. It's worth it. It's worth it when it's done. Because I mean, is your story as, like I said, it's, we got to get you to write a book and then we're going to make a movie out of it because I, I, I love it because the way it ends is my favorite and it's still growing, but just, I love how you found each other, how you helped each other and how you grew this amazing family and how you're just rocking it. But I mean, that's, I think what all of us women need to know, all of us, she CEOs who are out there, you know, and you have a wonderful mate. I have a wonderful supportive mate as well, but still at the same time, there's a lot of work to be done, you know, and we have a lot of passion and we have a lot of things we want to do to make impact. And I know for our kids, I know with you, this is probably the same, but we have our children. We want to make the world a better place, you know, and, and that's something that I want to do. And I know you're already doing that. So I love this. And, um, before we go, I want to mention again, that if you guys are thinking about coming to Huntington, you're going to get a chance to see Nicole on stage. And what I love is that we're going to have some question because you brought it up about the difference between officers and enlisted and the difference of transitioning out of the military of being an officer versus enlisted. So for those of you who um, have heard a lot about supporting our women veterans transitioning out of the military, uh, this event is all about them and it's celebrating them. And um, I'm excited to have the women on the stage and speak of their experiences because I really feel, Nicole, that very often our women veterans are our forgotten heroes, not by any means that our men are any less. I appreciate every single veteran, but I know that very often people don't realize the sacrifice that women veterans make, and it's a little different sometimes. So I'm really excited about that. Um, So 
on when we get ready to do that event, I'm so excited. You guys can go to, um, I'm going to have our guy put our links in the box because we have a little different setup today. So it can't flash across the screen and everything like it normally does, but you guys can go to that link. You can get tickets and you can also sponsor and support a women veteran. So if you can't come, you can pay for a ticket for someone to come. And that would be a really awesome gift to give someone. So look at the links down below. If you're driving, listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, how do I get to it? Just go to this post, get the links and you'll be done. So Nicole, thank you so much for being on the show. And as I always say, live, love, laugh, and always be your authentic self. Thanks for listening to Lead and Empower Her with your host, Dr. Julie Ducharme. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.